another episode of the Main Dish Podcast. I'm Miley. And I am Mandy. And we are your... Uh, Gratefulest with oh, the oh, most. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say grateful and excited oh. hosts to be here with you. <laughs> I like we, hostess with the mostest. Okay, done. Hashtag that shit. Hostesses with the mostesses. Done. For some reason, I've been saying the word the mostest. I like it. Yeah. Rock on with your mostest. Uh, How are you doing, Mandy, this week? I'm really well. I'm glad to hear it. It's getting scorching hot here in the desert. Today wasn't too bad, actually. I got out to my car around noon because I left my lunch in my car. And it wasn't uh, melted. (laughs) Or reheated. Yeah, it reheated yet. So (laughs) I did have to use a microwave to reheat it. So it wasn't too bad today. But yeah. Uh, but the the thing is, you know, it is still good enough weather for pool time, so that's good. Yeah, if you know, I wasn't busy doing shit all day, like being yeah, in no. the office. But yeah. um, it was, you know, it really wasn't technically as hot today as it. Well, here's your weather forecast, everybody. If you're not in the Phoenix area and experiencing it firsthand, it wasn't technically as hot today as like the day before and maybe the day before that. Like it was hitting 104, 105, 107 last couple of days, and today I think it only hit about 100, but. I walked outside and I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> I hate this. I was like, why am I'm already pissy about the heat? And it's like, uh, I don't know, first week and a half of June. And I'm just like, Row. it feels like July, except we haven't had any, uh, what are they called? The monsoons. We haven't had monsoons, any of those yeah. clouds yet. We've had a little teeny bit of overcast today, but oh, I'm just looking forward to getting out of Dodge a little bit when it gets a little warmer. Mm-hmm. I I love the monsoons because I do love the the stormy weather, but and it's like a warm storm too. It's not like those cold storms. But this year, I definitely don't want them coming back because it will affect my flying. And oh. and so I don't want you monsoons to be coming here. Stay out of Arizona. I didn't even think about that for you, but sorry, my bad. Uh- <laughs> stop pushing buttons (laughs) wow you know pushing buttons speaking of we are in a new studio that comes along with different buttons that i don't know what they mean so let's play some okay oh we need a lot of that oh more of it oh Uh, it just keeps going Oh, I like that one. That's a you joke. I was just gonna say. I was like, I was gonna say. Somebody gonna say. The next time you make a joke and no one gets it, you should just plunk it. Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, Ooh, I like that one. We'll definitely save that for our Halloween episodes. Shit. There's a Disney princess sound if I ever heard one. Okay, I'm going to have to label these so that when we record with our guests or even with each other, I can, I know which buttons to press. We'll we'll take a, we'll, we'll, yeah, we should like in our own phone, in our phones or something. No, label maker. Okay, do what you want. Label maker. It's not yours, but do whatever you want. Hey, (laughs) I do things until somebody tells me not to do it. We could put it on the desk. Label maker. Oh, God. There's not even (laughs) to put labels on the thing. Yeah, I can put it like right in the center. Oh, man. Okay, push the purple one because I didn't hear it. Oh, I hate it. That's a Disney one. I like the one above it. Yeah. That's a good one. And I like the top right. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a laugh track. I like it. I like it. Oh, it just keeps going. Yeah, okay. like the yellow one did too. Got you. Mm-hmm. What's new and good with you, Mandy? What is new and good with me? Um, gosh, I don't know if I have a lot of new and good. Oh, I do have something. Something we haven't talked about in a couple weeks. Ooh. Bridgerton. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Bridgerton. I started the seventh <gasps> book. So did, I think I told us. I don't actually know if I did tell everybody. But so we, we know I finished the six books, right? The first six. I finished the first two trilogy sets. So did, did we get there? I, yeah, might, I um, must have a bad my, memory. After my vacation. So I finished them both. Like I finished five on vacation. I started and finished five on vacation. And then right I started the sixth one before I came back because I didn't want to watch TV on the plane. I thought I would just mm, read. Okay. And then I ended up, um, yeah, I ended up finishing it a couple days after I got home. And the sixth book was about who? Uh, the sixth one was uh, Francesca. Okay, then yes. Sorry, I don't know numbers. I know the characters. So when yeah. you say Francesca, I'm like, okay, definitely remember you talking about Francesca's yeah. story. Got you. And okay. five was Eloise, which I loved. It was my, yes. probably my favorite yes, yes. to date. And then I read Francesca's, which I also really liked oh. her book. Like those are okay. my two favorite books so far so now I'm on seven which I can't think of the I think it's um it's in his kiss Jesus Christ Uh, (laughs) sorry I was I was trying to find it on my phone and it started making other noises um I believe it's called it's in his kiss and it's the seventh book kiss this kiss or the actual oldies song called it's in his kiss oh I didn't know there was sorry that's where it is oh oh that one yeah it's um, in his kiss. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, okay. So I started reading that. That's my new. That's my news. It's, oh. I haven't gotten. Very how do you far. feel about it so far? I don't. I can't. I can't gauge how you feel about how far you've come along with that book. I'm not super far. Uh, I didn't try not to keep myself up too late reading it last night, but it is Hyacinth's story. Oh, okay. And the point, it sort of overlaps some of the other books. Like a lot of their stories and timelines, like weddings back in the day weren't like these long drawn out, like engagements weren't these long drawn out affairs. Like sometimes they would last a few months and sometimes they wouldn't. Like a lot of times if those young couples wanted to get it on or they maybe already had gotten it on, they would like... Get, do a quick and hasty marriage and like yeah. get married within a week just like the you know Daphne right yes yeah yes okay. so like they would apply for licenses and just bam get married because they were like already got it on or they're trying to get it on yeah and Hyacinth is the youngest, youngest. Mm-hmm. yep she's the youngest and it the story starts off introducing her what I imagine will be her love interest later in the book so we're getting okay. his backstory and then it sort of leaps ahead 10 years and I haven't gotten to the point where they meet each other yet so but I'm having fun reading it I really liked the last two so I'm hoping this one doesn't let me down the eighth book is about Gregory the youngest boy so and then there's like two prequels I have a prequel and there's another one available I don't know apparently this shit goes on and on and on and there's like other Bridgerton relatives I don't know I'm reading about the siblings I'm gonna read the prequel because it's in the set that I bought and then I just need to find something new so you know by July I'll probably be looking for recommendations everybody hit me up or we can put it out on an, a story and people can put Put their suggestions and we can share it out with everyone. Oh yeah, I'll do Shit. that too. We can start if, like an Instagram book club. Awesome. Oh geez, don't no. But just kidding. Okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean my birth July's my birthday month, so you know your shopping days are numbered. People, there's <laughs> seriously there's like what forty days left to shop. Fifty. 
Yes. I'm, you know me, I'm not good with math. I know it's July 15th. Yeah. So it's close. Yeah. Mandy's birthday is July 15th. So make sure you, uh, get your gifts on. I need a new wine opener. I need to tell my mom. Okay. Wine opener. But, (laughs) but you know, uh, there's different types of wine openers. There are. Is it because the one that you had broke, I remember, I feel like I remembered I I was with you when it broke and it's not a... Is it electric one? Really pissed me off. It was one of those nice ones, the rabbit ones. Yeah. That you just kind of pull the lever back and like, it's like yeah. little ear looking things that clamp onto the bottle mm-hmm. and you pull it down and like something like one, it literally just like exploded apart, but I'd had it Shit. for quite a while. So, you know, whatever. Okay. It was a good time. I still have the other parts that were with it. So I have some other, the little accoutrement for wine boring, but accoutrement. I need a couple of wine openers to be honest. All I have is one of these stupid shitty ones that I hate. Like I don't even have a good wine key, which was really What's annoying. a wine key? A wine key is like the ones you see like servers have that like fold oh. down almost like a little oh. corkscrew type of thing and oh. they open it up and you twist it in and then. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It looks like a little T. It looks like an IUD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> her face. And so says, do our listeners. Well, her face says otherwise. <laughs> okay. I had two IUDs. Oh. Not at one time. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> I only have one uterus. I was like. That either that or like that's like double gloving when you don't really just like you don't need to double glove. Wait, are you talking double gloving or double bagging it? Like double condoms? What glove? I was talking double gloving for like, on your like hands? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we're talking about sex. So I know, but I, I think health before I think sex. So okay, never fine. Mind. I apologize. Yes, I didn't. I did. I thought I, she was like that's like double gloving it, and I really meant literally <laughs> gloves in healthcare, not condoms. But yes, I guess. I, I meant both. Can I say that? I, I meant both. Yeah, I yes. like it. Both. I was. I, it was a pun. I, I on this note, I am a tiny bit riled up recently oh, because there are a lot of women's health issues happening, like abortions and just lots of legislature happening that's not super friendly for women. So, if you're in one of those states where those things are happening, I'm sorry, and I hope you. Uh, can work to get your health rights back. And I hope people come together to advocate for that. Um, because regardless of your personal stance, pro-life or pro-choice, I where I have a problem with it is when it infringes on my choice. And exactly. I think I think you're, any person is allowed to be pro-life for their own personal decisions. But where I have a problem with pro-life is when it infringes on other right. people's health care. Yeah. Have an opinion, share that opinion, but uh, no, don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think everybody needs to know your fucking no, no, opinion. No, I mean about legislature. Like, oh, thank if you're you. Going to, that's what I meant. Like, like you know, have an opinion, right? share about it, and I, talk. Like, you know, don't be afraid to be talking. Like, uh, sometimes that happens is when one voice is so loud, you might feel like your opinion and your voice doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. every voice matters, and so like, speak your truth. Don't you know? Advocate. Come together. Like there are strength in numbers when you're trying to. Uh, be involved at the legislative level. I will asterisk that with like, be informed. Correct. Please listen to all sides and listen with an open mind and uh, understand that your reality and your situation isn't everyone's situation and unplanned pregnancy is one teeny tiny part of abortion as healthcare. It is not like all abortions aren't just unplanned pregnancies with sloppy people like there's a lot of healthcare involved in um abortion rights and 
it's important and we've had these rights for a long time and state governments are taking them away in some places and that that's a real bummer it's really fucked up anyways that's something i've been riled up about on and off the last couple of weeks so uh yeah get educated and know who you're voting for yep for sure anything else new and good hmm no none that i can think of right now but i'm excited to hear what's new and good with you you called out sick from work this week. I don't think I've known you to do that in so long. Yeah, I had a massive headache. Um, I even called out flying. So oh yeah, it was really sad. Um, I just uh, I went to bed with a headache, and it was my, I don't know. I woke up and I just did not feel well. And I'm in this whole thing about not uh, not not taking care of myself. I guess you know, like just kind of minimizing myself in the effort of being responsible, right? Like the responsible thing is to go to work. The responsible thing is to, you know, finish my obligations or, you know, deliver project deadlines or whatever. Um, but I was just like, no, you know, I, I'm not feeling well. And the other thing is I also am not like, I, I, just, I take pride in being a team player and I never want to, uh, you know, uh, leave my part of my, you know, part of my part to other people and feel like I'm dumping it on other people. But yesterday things were light at work. And so I felt that it would be okay, um, on the team, but also okay for me to take care of myself. So I'm glad you had that day for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still worked on emails and (laughs) work, work from home, but it was from home and not like having to kind of like, uh, pull myself out of bed and, you know, drive to work. And then, you know, also when I'm at work, it's not just like that I can get my work done too, but it's, um, you know, being, being part of a, you know, being higher up in the team, you also have to, um, be mindful of your team and take care of others. And part of taking care of your team is listening to some of their concerns and seeing how you can help because people do lean on you and people, um, do look to you for guidance. And so I never want to drop the ball for that uh, on that either. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but um, at the time of the you know this uh, recording, I will have gone and come back from Austin, Texas. Woohoo! And so we'll Austin see. Austin City. Something about music. Austin's very known for its music, which I didn't know until we went there earlier this year. Yeah, you're right. I am a I'm little interested to hear how it's different if you get out and about. Versus how it was in January. Yeah, we will see. I'm I'm going there for business, dental stuff. So I don't know how much I will be able to do. But I think also, again, like I said, I'm on this whole taking care of myself kind of thing. And um, I do want to make sure that I catch up on sleep. And, you know, especially because I haven't been feeling well. I want to make sure I'm taking care of myself in terms of just mostly sleeping. I think I just need to rest. You already go, watched go, go. all of Jack Ryan. So is there any TV on the plans for your trip away? Hmm, I don't know. I haven't really, there's really nothing on my list right now. Are you renting a car? No, because um, it's a business conference. So I'll be busy with the conference from like 7 a.m. to probably 6 p.m. every day. There's, I and really want to try to go to do some hiking. Like staying at the hotel where yeah. the conference is? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So uh, there is a, a river 
close by. So I'm hoping to do that. But I might just Uber and try to do a hike or like a sunset hike or a more early morning hike and stuff. Like that's what I'm really looking forward to. I think. Uh, <laughs> Please, sorry to laugh. We talked about one of your trips where you like took an Uber and had him drop you off in the middle of fucking nowhere before. Yeah. And like <laughs> that sounds creepy. <laughs> well, you know. Well, actually, I've done that several times when I was in North Carolina, <laughs> when I was in Hawaii. Um, you know, like I, I've. I don't want to rent a, you know, a $200 car just to drive 20 miles somewhere. I, I don't know. It's weird. But, um, but yeah, I think that's the other part. I'm, I've not hiked in about, I want to say like three months. What? And it's, it's probably. When was your Tucson trip? And you went from Tucson to Flag to somewhere with your friends. Um, and... That was like three months ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh, fudge. I think that's a part of like I'm I haven't had it in a while and I'm I need it. That's your church. Yeah. Yeah. And my best friend Amber actually told me that. She was like being out in nature is very spiritual for me, is very healing for me and I haven't been out in nature uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh so I'm looking for an opportunity. Well, I'm going to put this out there since you did, but I want to go to Sedona. Okay. It's cooler up there, right? It is cooler up there. Okay. So, yeah, let's do it. Take me. Okay. You have a birthday coming. I do. We don't have any news on that yet, but stay tuned because we're probably going to get ratchet. I don't know. Yeah. You can get ratchet. I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> I knew by your face you were like, what the fuck is ratchet? what the fuck that means, yeah. Well, I'm sure she'll tell me. I know I won't be the only person in the pool at this next party, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll be in the pool. If I'm the only one in the pool, it's because I'm face down. <laughs> oh, no, no, I hope you're not face down in the pool. <laughs> Yikes. You bitches better hang out in the mm. pool with me. Oh, boy. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed last week's episode oh, with uh, Sister Mimosa Romero. This week, we have an incredible guest with us as well to continue the conversation because it is Pride Month. And so uh, this week, we have a uh, actually someone that's actually really special to me. We went to high school together. And uh, so we have Elijah. And Elijah's stage name is Eddie Broadway. But when I knew Elijah, his name was Chelsea. And uh, we were in theater together and band and, uh, and, and we were in high school. And so since high school, uh, he has transitioned from, you know, he was assigned female at birth. And now he has gone through a journey that we will uh, explore during this interview. It was really fun to talk with him, like chat with him, hear his story, like, um, yeah, just interesting. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I've met trans people, like, a long time ago. Like, in Michigan, I had patients, at least one comes to mind that was trans, but, like, no one that was close to me. So I never, like, uh, knew firsthand the experience and the things. And, like, there's just, there's so much involved in it. And, or there can be, I guess, there can be as much in it can be as involved as you want it to be, I should say. Um, but yeah, I never knew anybody like close firsthand um, who was trans. I have a lot of gay friends, and um, but yes, yeah, so this was a fun, a fun chat. Yeah, uh, enlightening and really interesting. It was cool to learn some new things and just kind of hear things from a, a different perspective and. Wow, what a talent on the pageant scene. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to say, in addition to just enlightening, it was also really inspirational for me. And to be able to um, ask 
questions in a, and which I hope we did, like, I hope we created a safe environment that we could talk about sensitive issues and even, you know, um, some, some, some personal, very personal questions. And so, you know, I've known some trans people, I've known people who are gay and are lesbian. And sometimes you might feel awkward or maybe uncomfortable to ask certain questions. But I think one of the, the great things is in any kind of relationship to be able to create a safe environment, to ask questions, to get to know people. Because I think at the end of the day, we all just want to be seen for who we are. And, you know, and so I hope that we were able to create a, a good, safe environment. And we ha- I believe we had a great conversation. So Yeah, we're all human and connection is what we crave. And he talks a lot about that and the you know, early on in the episode, how he didn't know how to make those connections early on. And I mean, I think that's like with a lot of um, communities, you know, I don't want to say niche, but sort of like, you know, niche communities where it's like, okay, this isn't as mainstream. Um, Where can I, like when I first went vegan, I'm like, I don't know where the other vegans are now. I know more vegans than non-vegans. So it's like uh, just finding, finding your tribe, finding your people. And it was a, 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 really interesting to hear him chat about that like just making connections getting those getting what a mentor and finding people that could assist him and kind of guide him along his way yeah so we hope you enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed it enjoy friends well thank you so very much elijah for joining us this week uh joining the main dish podcast um, we really appreciate you spending time with us and our listeners. Elijah and I know each other from high school. And so we actually, yes. we were in high school and then we kind of lost touch, but then we met up again a year and a mm-hmm. half ago-ish. Uh, Some, when somebody like I that, went yeah. to the Miss Gay Arizona. Is that the pageant? was one of the pageants yeah <laughs> they all blend together <laughs> that's so awesome yeah how are you today i'm good busy busy day um just been working and you know keeping up with pride month and just keeping really really busy so it's been a good day i'm glad i'm glad i know um yeah. sometimes i say better busy than bored but sometimes we just need a little rest and uh rejuvenation too though it doesn't have to be oh, yeah. one or self-care the other is important right mm-hmm. <laughs> add that self-care in for sure one of the reasons why we uh, asked you to join us this uh this uh this month is because of pride month um mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of hear about your story so can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and uh yeah I don't know if you want to start I, from when we knew each other in high school or <laughs> I, I <laughs> it all started when I was uh, no I'm not doing that. I mean, um, all, uh, uh, Mandy, all I know is your uh, Mr. Trans USA 2020, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. that's that's really all of the information I have about that's, you. Yeah. And, and I'm like fascinated. I want, I want to know what the journey was to that. Like, I'm like, Gosh. what is this? Is this like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type of competition? Like, you know, I think <laughs> of like bodybuilders when I hear like Mr. Such and yeah. Such USA. I mm-hmm. think of like bodybuilding competition. Show, like well shows. i did i competed against a bodybuilder if that counts, oh so yeah nice and i won <laughs> yeah yeah so he's a good guy he's just he's a bodybuilder so i was like oh my god am i gonna beat this guy and i did so <laughs> nice. would you consider yourself a 
bodybuilder or what? what no, do you have to do absolutely to not. For Mr. Absolutely Trans? not. Yeah. How, what What do you have to do to prepare for that? Um. Well, it was. I mean, it's. I don't want to say it's a beauty pageant, but it's similar to that kind of style. Um. So. I mean, however you prepare is how you prepare. The sole purpose of that system is to promote trans visibility. So yes, they have categories that are pageantry. So you have to do a professional interview where they ask a bunch of questions, get to know you, learn about your activism, learn about you just as a person, as a trans person. So we had interview, we had evening wear. So we had to model our tuxes on our suits on stage. We had swimwear. Obviously is exactly what it sounds like where you wear your swimsuit. <laughs> I mean, it's like a Speedo or something like that yeah. or whatever you feel comfortable in. Um, and then they had creative state costume, which whatever state you represent, you had to do some kind of over the top creative costume and then um, I think the last category is on stage question. So where they ask you some kind of political or thought provoking question and answer it. So, and out what, of uh, those categories, I, I won. So <laughs> what, uh, what did it mean to you to be able to get that title, Mr. Trans America, right? Is that the official title 2020? Trans USA. Trans USA. Yeah. 2020. Um, it, it was a, it's a very new pageant system. So it's, it's very much in its infancy. So it's, it's just starting. Um, but I've done a lot of pageants over my time performing. And what was important about this one is yes, I used my stage name. I used Eddie Broadway, but really I'm the, this is the first time I competed as me as a trans person. Like I didn't, I didn't do my normal drag makeup. I didn't really like have that headspace of this is about Eddie as an entertainer. And I even said it in my interview that this is about Elijah, the trans person behind the entertainer. Um, so that's, that's why it was super important because it's highlighting me and my life as opposed to my drag career. Um, so it already kind of gave me a little bit more of a platform to be visible outside of drag. So that's why it was super important to me. I have a question. You said the state you represent. Does that mean you competed in like the Arizona like so, a pageant or a competition, whatever it is, before you went on to USA? Was were, Do all 50 states get re represented here? Um, the hope is all 50 states could get represented, but we don't we don't have like preliminary pageants yet. I mean, that would be cool in the future. That's my hope for the future. But right now you just when registration opens, you pay the registration for your state. Hopefully you snag it first and then um, you can go to nationals and represent that state. So um, since it's a new system at least for the boys or like the trans masculine individuals um there's five of us that competed so it wasn't that much but that's also because it's a new system so my when hope say, is to have oh. a, at least 10. my hope is to have at least 10 guys so when you know for this pageant uh and for please forgive me i'm still learning and i'm open to being i, I want to be corrected when i 
don't speak correctly. That goes for uh, both of yeah. us. Please, fix mm-hmm. anything please. We and this is the whole point. We want to make sure that we're, you know, <laughs> we're being respectful and sensitive, but also learning and, and helping others learn as well. So this was Mr. Trans USA. And to be eligible yes. to be in the pageant, you know, I'm sure there's different levels of transitioning, right? And so is there a requirement, uh, re- you know, to be eligible for this pageant or any stage of the transition? So it's it's tough because when you talk about being trans, not yeah. one person is the same as another person, right? I mean, we're human. Mm-hmm. We're going to have different types of ideas of our transition and where we want to go with that. But essentially it comes down to for my side of so mr trans usa you need to be assigned female at birth so you need to be born and have the doctor assign you female and then from there yes they do have categories that you know like swimsuit where it's a little bit more revealing and you know those that have had um, surgery to remove their chest obviously they can be topless um, but that's not a requirement so they have different things in the rule book about how to cover your chest so that it feels very uniform um, with other people that maybe don't want to have surgery, can't afford to have surgery, all of that. Mm. Um, they don't necessarily discriminate against those that aren't on hormones either. So pretty much it's identifying as male, which again is tough because there are some people that are transmasculine are on like that side of the fence where they are female to male, but they don't necessarily fully identify as male. So there's a lot of weird gray areas that I'm trying to work with the the national pageantry to see if there's anything we could do, maybe add another division for those that are non-binary, something like that. But again, it's so new that we're just, we're still trying to figure out the best way to do this with being as open (laughs) to the trans community as possible. So. Yeah, I love I, I love that there's such a, a big space for it, right? It's like, like you said mm-hmm. at the beginning, like there's no one, no one, no two trans persons are going to be like the same. You're all going to be in totally different places no. in your journey and have gotten there totally differently. And like I was listening to a pod the other day and they were talking about um, sports, like what are the like the implications for how this goes into like major sports, professional sports, the Olympics, things like that. And I was just fascinated I was like wow yeah there's so many variables to take into consideration and like what where do you make the where rules do you even start to, yeah like, like what, what right. kind of rules do you start making or what kind of discussions or conversations do you even start having around that and, and that yeah that that sports thing yeah I've had people ask me about that and I still don't even have a solid answer because I can see both sides of like the hormone issue and all of that but it's, it's tough. There's no like clear cut answer on how to do this fairly correctly. Cause we're, yeah, if you're talking about competitive sports, hormones are a thing and we have to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, typically those things have been poo-pooed in professional and Olympic type of sports, right? Like that's a no-no. Like they, they test, they test for those. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's really interesting. It was just really interesting to hear um, just all the questions it brings up and kind of where we might go or um, where it might right. end up. But I know you're not a professional athlete, so we won't. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. 
Now we just talked a little bit about hormones. Um, were, were hormones part of your journey? And yeah. could we spend some time maybe if you could just give us an outline of maybe the timeline of your journey to, you know, from, you know, when I know, when I knew you, when we were friends in high school, one million years ago, Mary, <laughs> one year when ago. we were friends God. in high school, um, you, you know, you were assigned female at birth and I knew you as mm -hmm. female when we were in high school together. Um, so maybe right. we can start around that timeline and kind of give us an idea of like, cause it's been what we 2004, 2003, you know, five ish. So it's been 15. Yeah, I, I, gra I graduated 2006. So yeah. Okay. So 2004. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, so, um, yeah, a lot of time has passed in the last 15 years. And so <laughs> maybe even when you share your timeline, it'll give us an idea of like the, the journey it takes when you transition. Um, it's interesting looking back at things that you miss as a trans person because growing up and you know this around the time that we grew up being out as anything other than straight was yeah. not really a thing uh yes we had gay friends but they never said they were gay i specifically remember several people in theater <laughs> mm -hmm. denying that they were gay for the longest time including myself so it was just, we're, we're not gay. We're not gay. We're not gay. And we kept kind of yeah. hiding that because you just don't talk about it. So, you know, even back then I didn't even understand what the term trans was. I never even heard it. I, I, I had no concept of that. So, you know, and high it's not school, like there was anyone to talk to about that no. or anyone to even ask questions. Like you didn't even, like, I remember like if you did, like, you didn't even know what questions to even, or even how to ask those questions. You don't know until you know. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's fair to say about pretty much yeah. everything. Um, I'm curious where the like two you of don't you even know it's school. an option. Yeah, right. Huh? I'm curious to know where the two of you went to high school because you're both telling me like you didn't have a lot of friends that were out. Like you had friends that knew you were gay, but it wasn't something that was openly talked about. And you went to high school a number of years and graduated quite a bit after I did. So, and I did have like quite a few gay people who were out in high school, and it didn't seem like a maybe they felt differently I mean I obviously can't speak for their experience but it didn't feel like it was that hush hush of a topic in my high school we we went to high school at Centennial High in Peoria Arizona so okay. um, I mean our high school was a pretty large high school there was at least 500 people in each class so I think that's like it a was conservative a, yeah it was, it was a con I mean yeah it's Arizona it's a conservative area yeah, it's conservative. Too. Mm -hmm. yeah very conservative and so but I mean, our high school was like 2,000 oh, yeah. people ish or more. Okay. Mm -hmm. The same size as mine. Yeah. We had about 400, maybe just shy of 400 actually graduate. But okay. So not a small high school, but conservative. Yes. Conservative. I mean, I hear, I hear that 15 years ago. Yes, it's a long time, but doesn't also doesn't seem that long. It's like, it's not like it's the 70s or something. So I was just kind of curious to get an idea, like paint a picture mm -hmm. in everybody's heads who's listening. Like, it what was, was, it was like? pretty conservative. I mean, it was, yeah. it was and very, like, you it know, was very white, very conservative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, we were, you know, we, we knew each other because of theater and uh, mm -hmm. band and choir and, and all the performing arts geeks and stuff, a geek in a, in a love <laughs> term, uh, the endearing term, but, um, but yeah, so, um, but, you know, just in high school too, though, you, there's always that risk for, you know, bullying and um you know yeah and you, there's always that risk that you put yourself too much out there it's a little dangerous especially if it's something that's 
not talked about or you're not even sure what's going on yourself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was, again, I was really closeted on everything and I, I kept going through all of the, well, what, what am I, you know? Um, and it wasn't until like senior year, I was outed as being a lesbian at the time. Um, mm. And it actually was received pretty well. Like I had all these things in my head of like, well, I'm in dance and I'm friends with all the cheerleaders and like, they're going to harass me. And like, they didn't care <laughs> at all. And so like all of the fears that I had completely went away, but that was also the end of senior year of high school. So I was like, I'm on my way out. I don't care about these people, whatever. Um, and it would just, it, it was fine. But, you know, I thought that that was it. Like when I met my first girlfriend, I was like, I think that's it. Maybe I've been a lesbian this entire time. And um, yeah, no, that wasn't the case. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like every, every time I even said that word, uh, it didn't even fit with like what my brain was saying. I was like, well, I'm a lesbian. And I was like, uh, but I'm not like I'm gay. And I kept saying, I'm gay. Um, obviously, like after high school, I, I went to ASU um, and kind of just had the opportunity to explore that a little bit more like you do in college. You have the opportunity to be able to do that. I was a psychology major, so even more of the opportunity to like understand the LGBTQ community a little bit more because um, I still didn't really have anyone older than me that could like tell me about the community. I just kind of had to figure it out. Um, like I, I didn't really go to a pride festival until like probably I was like 20 or something like that, or like tw on, I, honestly, like what? 21, a pride festival. A festival. Okay. Yeah. So like, I didn't like, I didn't really get to see the community at all. I just had to kind of figure it out, but, um, I don't know, as I got older um, and being around queer people and seeing all of that and being at the festivals and just, you know, meeting people online and whatever, um, I was able to see other identities. So I started exploring a little bit more with gender fluidity um, and being just kind of more masculine presenting because in high school, kind of going back, looping back to high school, because of that pressure of not wanting to stand out, I tried to become feminine. I genuinely did. Like, I made sure that, you know, I had my makeup on and had my hair done and flirted with the guys and, you know, did all of the things that you're supposed to do. I wore my dresses to the dances and, you know, I did all of that. And it felt okay at the time, but it also didn't. But um, again, moving forward, I finally got to a point in like late college where I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back to my masculinity a little bit and explore that. So I did that for a bit. Um, I ended up breaking up with one of my girlfriends at the time because she didn't like the masculinity. So that actually set me back a little bit emotionally because I was like, wait, am I doing something wrong? Um, but 
I don't know. It was, it was rough, but yeah, that can um, feel yeah. really yeah. tough if you're like trying something on and then yeah. a person who's close to you is like, I'm not yeah. into it. Yeah. You're trying to be yourself or you're trying to find yourself. Right. And you would think that the person that you care about and that cares about you would want would be able to provide some of that support. Instead, they push you away and it makes you doubt what you're doing. And if you, cause you're trying to figure out yourself and it, it mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's so tough. Yep. So then fast forward a little bit, I met my, um, my ex-wife, she's now my ex-wife, but she, we're still friends, everything's good, but I met her and we started dating and I was still in that gender fluid space. I didn't even, I couldn't even actually put a word to it. I didn't even like say that I was gender fluid. I just was, right? Um, then I, I started dating her and we went to an, a bar that's closed down now. It's called Cash and Country. Um, and that was primarily a lesbian bar, but they had a drag king troupe. So those that were assigned female at birth performing as more male identified individuals. So they had a troupe called Sisters Twisted that we saw. We went together. And literally probably a week later, I saw that they were having auditions to be in the troupe. And I, I looked at my girlfriend, my wife, and I was just like, I want to audition for this thing. I want to, I want to try this out. And she's like, yeah. really, you want to do drag? And I was like, I want to try it. Why not? So, um, I mean, it seems like kind I of a natural yeah. progression yeah. from like your high school theater mm-hmm. days. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, seems, seems Again, to me. looping looping back to high school, I never really felt comfortable pushing myself to get any roles outside of ensemble roles. I remember that. Like that because <laughs> they were did female a lot of, roles. Yeah. You did a lot of audio and tech stuff. Like you were yes. behind the scenes, a lot yeah. of uh, building the sets. And I mean, yep. I don't know if you remember, like, Terry was, um, he, he kind of was the go-to person for all the tech. And I remember like you were part of the audio visual team. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you were awesome. And, you know, <laughs> shout out to Terry, my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So we, yeah. that And I think that's why I wanted to do this troupe because it was like, okay, I can kind of do acting as a male. And I don't think I like consciously knew that at the time, but I was like, let's try it. And I was a little super... bit of a shield, right? Yeah, like, like a little stable, oh, yeah. something to hide behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of safe because right. like people are expecting you to be this male persona. Mm-hmm. So then it, it kind of gave to me. It sounds kind of like a little bit of permission to yourself to try this out. Right, and it was, you know, they don't have to hear my voice. It's lip singing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, I don't have to talk. I don't have to. I don't have to do any of that. I mean, if I got on a microphone and was like hosting, but I didn't do that for a long time. I mean, I was shy and awkward, and you know, I I think I did decent at the beginning, but I was an awkward baby drag king that didn't know what the hell they were doing. So, baby um, drag king, I like that. <laughs> baby drag king, I was so awkward. Like you could just see that. Like I drew this like tiny little pencil hair on it was horrible i didn't know how to do makeup i didn't know i didn't know how to bind my chest i looked ridiculous but um i don't know i did that for a little bit and then that's when i started meeting 
other trans identified individuals. So I met like a trans man for the first time and several, but one specifically was my mentor. His name's Gunnar Gatlin. Um, and I met him and he had already been transitioning for a couple of years. And he was in the troupe, amazing performer. And he pretty much asked me straight up one day, he's like, so are you trans? <laughs> and I was like, what? No, no, I'm not trans. And why? He's like, I don't know. I just see a lot of me and you. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't even understand what it means to be trans. So we had a conversation about what it meant. And by the end of it, I was crying <laughs> and had a complete breakdown. It was like, holy crap, I might be trans. So, um, like looking back, you're like, that's probably the nicest thing anyone said to me in this yeah. realm. Yeah. It's probably an enlightening moment. Too. Feeling very seen. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took a while after that. I kind of, I, I definitely made sure that I was certain I saw a therapist right after that for about a year, actually, um, to really wrap my mind around it. And, um, I don't think I fully came to turn that was in like 2012 ish and I didn't fully come out and accept it until probably the beginning of 2014 and then a couple months into the year is when I started medically transitioning so I started hormones seven years ago actually two days ago so June 6th 2014 so can you tell us and maybe our listeners a little bit about like like you know can we dive a little bit into each step of the the journey about like the whole medical transition so with the hormones yeah what tell us a little bit about that so i mean for trans masculine individuals they have very few choices on testosterone the most common choice is doing injectable testosterone so it's just either once a week or every other week, you give yourself an injection somewhere in your body. Um, And you have to do that as long as you want. (laughs) Some people choose to do it for a bit and then stop. Some people do it for the rest of their life. Um, But it's, it's essentially going through puberty again. It takes a long time. It is not an overnight process. It is a very, very slow process where you have to go through changes again. So your your voice gets low, your hopefully you get facial hair, you might go bald, your facial structure kind of changes, your body changes. It just becomes more masculine. And it's kind of amazing how it works, but it's a very slow process. So I'm I'm still seven years in, I'm still experiencing changes i'm still working on my beard (laughs) it's taking forever for me it's always (laughs) like such a sore spot so i see people that are like two years on testosterone they have a full massive beard i can't even connect my mustache to my beard yet i'm like come on let's do it (laughs) there's more than there's more like with facial hair there's more than like in genetics like there's there's more to male and female than xy and xx right so like there's like i know i know but i want i want the beard (laughs) you want the beard you want the beard (laughs) i mean there are some people assigned male at birth who can't grow the beard that you have now so i mean honestly and you look really good i mean that the the is it i mean even though your mustache and your beard doesn't connect it still looks really good and you do have a nice (laughs) nice looking beard there and you got kept kept all your hair yeah 
kudos to you. <laughs> I have. I no have. five lines. Oh, thank God. No, yeah. I like have the receding a little bit happening, which I actually like. I like that. Yeah, finally, I was say, after I really I'm getting older. Nicely. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, it's now masculinized. I love yeah. it. Yeah, distinguished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like becoming like uh, I'm I'm becoming a daddy now. I like it. <laughs> That's a daddy, a daddy. <laughs> like I was trying to tell Miley about the daddy term recently, <laughs> but like. Like that's what happens to men. Like as they age, it's so unfair. They're like their hairline comes back yeah. a little bit. They get this gray, the gray in the beard, and they get all. Oh yeah, I'm hot. starting to get the gray. I'm starting to get a little bit of the oh, gray on the side. The side mm-hmm, and the girls mm-hmm. get gray hair and just look old. Yeah, but the the the, the, the gray hair on on, on guys are, are sexy. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's nothing I love more than like seriously salt and pepper yeah. hair. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock that when it's full salt and pepper. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> so, so you're still taking the hormones. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that you said is probably something that you may need to, especially if you keep wanting to develop, you know, with the hair and the the, then you'll need to keep taking it. Right? Yeah, I guess that's do the yeah. effects. Do the effects kind of go away if you stop? Do you just like pause where yeah. you are, type of thing? It really depends on how long you've been on testosterone. And I'm going to shift this a little bit. The sun's coming in. Yeah. Little, little, little blind there you. We go. <laughs> yeah. um, well, for me, I actually, uh, in addition to that, uh, the hormones, I had a full hysterectomy and ophorectomy, so removal, uterus, and ovaries. So essentially, if I didn't continue my testosterone, I would have like no hormones in me. Oh, <laughs> I would well, just be good. like, yeah, I mean, that's not good for my mental health. That's not good for my body because I have no estrogen anymore. It's like non-existent. So mm-hmm. I kind of either have to continue with testosterone or I have to do like some kind of hormone because I'm essentially post-menopausal now. So it think about a woman or a signed female birth person that goes through menopause um they have to sometimes take hormones to make sure that their bones don't get all messed up so that's why i have to frail and turn to dust yeah yeah so i was just going to ask that so do you take estrogen as well then since you've had the complete hysterectomy no no okay i was curious i was like wait does this mean you take a little bit of everything now like do do you mean estrogen don't we all need a little bit of both or you know like if so, okay. So the, I don't know. It's confusing. The last time I got my blood work, there was a little bit of estrogen still left in me. I don't, I'm not saying it's like not there, but it's like, it showed that I was, it showed that I was postmenopausal. Okay. It was like, you have just a slight amount of, I mean, cause technically at times testosterone converts to estrogen. Okay. But, um, and I and I and I think the reason why I ask is, you know, for postmenopausal women who, you know, they because they don't make as much estrogen anymore, they actually need to take estrogen because and correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong. I'm 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 a dentist, not a medical provider, but um <laughs> you, know, you, know, when, when, you know you you're at a higher risk for like osteoporosis or like a higher risk for other things too, you know. So I, I'm just yeah, curious in I that am. way and mm-hmm. You're yeah, like jacking up with your vitamin D and your magnesium yeah. and your calcium. <laughs> yeah, yep. I I definitely I'm definitely feeling it. So um, oh. I I have heard of people having low dose estrogen or progesterone or something like that to help. 
probably need to do that. <laughs> now you said, and you shared with us that you did uh, remove your ovaries in, in your uterus. Um, how was mm-hmm. that surgery? How did you, like, I imagine these <sighs> surgeries are rough, like not just physically rough, uh, but like mentally as well, of course. But yeah, just uh, can you share a little bit about that process? My top surgery that I had a couple of years ago was seamless, beautiful. I know I've seen I had, pictures I had, of post-operatively and you look incredible. It, oh my gosh. I mean, you have pictures my, on your Instagram, so. Yeah, my surgeon was an absolute artist. She was, she was incredible. I didn't really have much pain afterwards. I wasn't depressed afterwards. Actually, I was like the exact opposite. I was like beyond ecstatic. I had what's called gender euphoria instead of dysphoria. Yeah. I just like went crazy. I was so happy. The hysterectomy was rough. It was absolutely rough. I remember that surgery waking up and in the most excruciating pain I think of my life. And then after that, with the hormones just completely like going haywire, I was not mentally in a good space for quite some time. I don't think I fully balanced out until a couple months ago. It's Mm. like your hormones having a car accident. Like it was total 180. They did not. They don't even know what's happening. They did not explain. Yeah. They did not explain how bad it was going to be mentally after all of that. I did not. I think about PMS. You're pretty awful when you PMS. Am I really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm that bad. I mean, like, I know I get irritated and a little grumpy and like, you know, and I eat a lot, but like, I don't think I'm that bad. (laughs) I probably just denied all, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Like when you say like, you did not expect the kind of, you know, mental condition that you were in afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. what, 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 what about, like, what, is, what was it like? Like, how low is yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, I don't just, know where I am. What am I doing? Did I make the right decision? I imagine Yeah, was it that? Or like, you know, questioning or doubting what you no, did? Or it was, was it just, no, it was just, it was just constantly anxious, constantly oh, depressed, okay. just like feeling like trapped in my body like because I I kept like impulsively making decisions that just were crazy and in my head I was like why are you being so crazy and I couldn't stop myself from doing it and it was it was crazy (laughs) I like I genuinely like it like do you know how they used to call things like hysteria I mean that's based off of the uterus. I mean, I know it's a very misogynistic term, but I felt like I was like in hysteria, like just losing my mind. So wow, it yeah, did this did this happen after? So you mentioned you were married. I I'm I lost whether that that was like before or after, like surgery. Like, did you do so? We while you were married. <laughs> So that's, that's, that's part of the whirlwind of the same time period of my life. Um, my wife and I split the January, the month before. So I had surgery in February of, was it last year? Yeah. I had surgery February of last year. Um, and wow. we split Jan- January of last year. And at the time, like we both are polyamorous at the time we were, I had a partner, I had another partner. And so I continued to date him. And 
during that process of us being open, uh, we both realized our sexual orientations didn't align. So I actually came out as gay around that time. Um, so, and she she's primarily a lesbian. I, I know she hates me saying that, but she primarily likes assigned female at birth women. Um, and I primarily am attracted to assigned male at birth men. So it just didn't me, align anymore. It's funny to me, you said you went, you just, you're, you came out as gay around that time, but you said, I feel like earlier you said mm -hmm. you originally felt gay. So it's kind of like you went back yeah. to that. Back all the way. I think I laugh like about body, it. It's like uh -huh. my body knew. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say like, it's like your body knew and you were, you were just a little behind in knowing. And then finally you full circle and now you, everything's aligned. Well, I laugh about it because it's like going through high school. Like I love musicals and I love theater yeah. and all my, all my guy friends were gay men. And I just like think back and I was like, was I just a gay man stuck in my body this <laughs> entire time? Oh my God. Like I remember coming out as like a gay man um, about a year ago and my best friend in the entire world, he's like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, I was just waiting for you to tell me you were gay because like you are. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. Yeah. Man, a lot has happened in the last year. I mean, and I almost, Full you know, circle. I... I Oh my gosh gracious. I can't believe that happened right before COVID. Yeah, Ooh, I was going to say January was, you know, your 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 you splitting with your wife and then February the surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine going through that kind of surgery after a major life change, you know, with your 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 wife and then March come March it's COVID and so um that's super just for your hormones to yeah. be all messed up and yeah. then you're in yeah. quarantine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're alone like everybody and then and then me and my and then me and my boyfriend split up <laughs> oh oh god in april i'm just kidding <laughs> oh this, my seriously god. it was may it was oh, may no, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh were you going for a record yeah <laughs> so uh, i i know i mean last year was crazy mm -hmm. but it sounds like it was honestly it sounds like it was all lining up to put you right mm -hmm. where you are supposed to be yeah. like Amazing. where you're meant to be the rest of the year yeah. turned out pretty great absolutely so all of this is actually relatively like kind I of mean, yeah um can we touch a little bit about i mean you had mentioned earlier and it may have been uh, before we officially started recording but what you know your your job right now or your like day job your, your career i mean you were a psychology major and now you do mental health therapy is that correct yeah yeah, so I'm mostly I'm a gender therapist um, working with trans youth. Um, awesome. So I help them with their transition, but really I'm an all-encompassing mental health therapist. I'm a licensed um, master of social work, uh, working to get my hours to be an LCSW to be like an independent therapist. Um, so, yeah. So that, that's what I, mean, I do. That is awesome yeah. because we need more more people trained and who, more people who are passionate and, and, and compassionate about that during your own journey mm -hmm. did you have a, like a therapist or you know because you had said mm -hmm. after your surgeries it was it was mentally tough and so um can you share a little bit about your journey to you know with all the people that have helped along the way regarding the therapy side oh yeah i i've i've definitely had therapists on and off throughout my transition um both for like my transition related stuff and then just 
mental health in general. I think it's really, I think it's really important for anyone going through major life changes to have a therapist, even if you're not, oh, well, I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. Okay. That doesn't matter. You're still experiencing some kind of big life change, especially as a trans person. I, I don't care if you can go to a clinic and they can give you hormones that day. You should definitely be talking to a therapist because those changes can really affect the way you interact with people. And it's really crucial to have someone to bounce that off of. So I, I've, I've had therapists on and off my entire transition. Oh, yeah. So if you removed your uterus and your ovaries, did you also have reconstruct? Is that called reconstructive surgery or no. constructive? No. Nope. I, I have not had any uh, bottom surgery. Okay. So. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? May I ask? Um, I personally don't have a need for it. Um, maybe not right now. Um, I, I'm not, I'm never going to say never because I've done that before. I've said, I'm never going to be on hormones. I'm never going to do this. And now here I am. But um, dysphoria is weird. It changes all the time. And it things that didn't trigger you before can trigger you later through your transition. So like, I like started looking into like liposuction recently for my hips and jaw fillers and like just things like that where it's like how can I make myself feel better and feel more masculine and it's bottom surgery is one of those things that like I come across in my mind every so often of like should I do this do I need this but right now it's it's not on the table because it's pretty intrusive it's successful there's tons of trans guys that have successful bottom surgery but for me, it just feels very intrusive. Yeah. Yeah. You two went to high school together, and Miley, you were friends with Elijah's older sibling, mm-hmm. Shayna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shayna was a year, I think Shayna was between us, because she was yes. 05, I was 04, you were 06. <laughs> so, since, since you have, I know you have siblings that yeah. uh, Miley knows, is your family mm-hmm. also local? Like, how has it been with your family throughout this process? What's that dynamic I mean, like? It's actually it's actually fine. Um, we like I officiated my sister's wedding recently, and then okay. like you know my mom is very much calls me her son. She talks about me when I mean she's a, she used to be um, she used to be the superintendent of the Peoria School District actually really recently. Oh um, yeah, so I forgot yeah, about so that. She's, she's really like anytime that there's like some kind of trans thing she's like oh well my son blah 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 so i mean they're they're really big on it it took a while to get there and it's not like it was bad it was never like super negative it was just it took time i mean it took time i mean i i had to adjust they had to adjust it might have been uncomfortable for us at first but i think you know after seven years it's like they know me more now than they do prior yeah that's awesome I yeah I mean you were like you said you've been going through all these different phases and you were adjusting and you were trying on different sort of personas and like where Mm -hmm. you wanted to fit all these things in in relation to like the nuances of gender and sexuality and um so I can imagine they're just like 
correct us if we're wrong today. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. I mean, this is nowhere near a comparison, but I've been vegan for about seven years. And my mom's always like, I forget. Do you eat this? <laughs> I mean, that's just how parents are. I was literally a vegetarian <laughs> for like two years. And that was like literally 10 years ago. <laughs> like something like that. And they're still like, do you eat meat? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That was forever ago. Would, what is yeah. going on? Was, was, was going vegetarian harder on them? I swear going vegan is, seems like the hardest thing and most offensive thing you could do to people sometimes. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, I think now nothing would surprise them. Cause I, I remember coming out as gay like a year and a half ago and my mom was like, okay, <laughs> like, are we done? <laughs> Uh, are we done yeah is that all is that it isn't it (laughs) yeah love it your mom sounds funny (laughs) yeah like just like nothing faces her yeah Yeah. i mean she's she's gotten even more where it's just like i don't care (laughs) do whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic that's a good mom I'm curious. So as Mr. Trans USA, what are your obligations? Like, do you have obligations to the role kind of like other pageants do? I mean, yes and no, because again, it's so new. The biggest thing is they want you to be visible and they want you to also have some kind of cause that's important to your causes. I mean, for me, I'm heavily involved in the Phoenix community. So I'm very much always raising money so it's not it wasn't really like a it wasn't a stretch of what I already do so I just continue to remain visible and try to be more visible and do interviews and podcasts like this as well as you know talking on panels and you know talking at work and raising money and just doing exactly what I do. Can you tell us about some of the sorry my can you tell us about some of like the more the the causes that like our listeners should know about, like for some of the bigger things people can get involved with locally and at a national level um, Mm -hmm. to sort of support and raise, like increase visibility to the trans community. Um, So there for here locally, I created um, a grant that's called the Broadway Gatlin Spectrum Grant. And what that is, is it's designed to award upwards of $5,000 to an Arizona trans person to have surgery. Um, So that is through an organization called the Imperial Court of Arizona. So you can find that imperialcourtaz.org, donate there. Um, There's an organization here in Arizona called Trans Spectrum of Arizona. They do support groups for the trans community. Um, They always need funding and help. There's also a new program that started at Joshua Tree, which is normally um, for those living with HIV and AIDS uh, to have food and um, access to food. But they started uh, once a week having a, for the trans community to be able to also get access to food um, because the trans community does have issues at times with housing and job security. Um, They did start that program to be able to help the trans community, which is super awesome. Uh, Southwest Center for HIV has a trans navigation program that can help you get connected to services, hormones, therapy, all of that. 
I mean, nationally, there's there's tons of stuff. And if people want to know, they can contact me and I will tell them because <laughs> there's I too many that. to list. Yeah, there's a lot. I just wanted to kind of know about a couple that were maybe really personal or close to you. I'm a little familiar yeah. with Southwest Center just through um, Miley and I's day job. We work with the Ryan White mm-hmm. Foundation, and I know that's like federal money. And, you know, if you're a person living with HIV and AIDS, that's not what this podcast is about. But there are uh, Ryan White Part A, Part B, like all the programs are available yeah. in Maricopa County, if that's where you're listening. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry. Um, I, I had two questions, kind of. But the first question was, uh, well... First question was about asking if you want to tell us a little bit about Eddie Broadway, uh, but uh, uh-huh. you had mentioned the whole HIV thing, and I didn't know if we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about that. So, you know, we, we our day job is working in a clinic, and we treat a lot of patients with, um, you know, complex uh-huh. medical conditions and things that maybe the average or general, you know, the, the average neighborhood dental office might not be familiar with or trained to. And so one of the populations we work with are people with HIV. And so I didn't know if we wanted to spend a few minutes talking a little bit about that and how, you know, we can spread more information, uh, more awareness about that and, and kind of decrease any stigma that could be related to that. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we talked about, you know, you know, I had a very interesting year. I am newly diagnosed with HIV as of September of last year. So I think it's super awesome that you guys do that. But um, there there are a ton of amazing organizations here in phoenix um, that are working to help with testing access to care as well as just educating and helping with the stigma surprisingly i'm just super proud of phoenix because of there's so many resources and honestly i have not really faced too too much stigma which is amazing but Things like Aunt Rita's is an amazing organization to get involved with. Um, they help with different grant programming to make sure all these other organizations have funding. Um, obviously, the Ryan White Office, Care Directions, um, Southwest Center, Ripple Phoenix, uh, Joshua Tree. There's a lot of different outreach programs that are around the valley to help with testing, access to care, access to prep to help prevent. Um, transmission, as well as just making sure people remain undetectable. So, yeah. so it's, it's, undetectable it's, an, it's a very un- much untransmittable. You equals you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was at that conference a few years ago. <laughs> and that's the other thing. I do just, if I may be a little selfish and spend 30 seconds just promoting the, the Ryan White program, just because as Go a dentist, I, you know, Oral health is so important, and there's a lot of opportunistic uh, infections that can occur and manifest in the mouth if you aren't taking care of yourself. And so if you have HIV, please take advantage of the Ryan White program if you're eligible for it and see a dentist so that you can be taken care of. There's so many people out there that um, that, that may need that help. And that I have free dental insurance. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. our patients, I mean, we're, we're able to provide up to like 2500 sometimes even Yeah. And so like, it's like amazing. Like we're training doctors so that they can be more comfortable treating people with HIV. Like it is not that like different or scary or hard to take care of people who have HIV. It's just another condition that is manageable. And, you know, I, I love having the opportunity to train doctors to take care of people with HIV. So um, take advantage of that opportunity. There is funding out there and you know, find somebody who cares and just wants to help you smile better and whiter and bigger. And 
And I will, it's I will. Ama it's amazing how much, how much is out there in terms of resources yeah. for those. Yeah. I was going to say, I echo job. Eddie, like, I think the Phoenix group does a really, really good job, especially in all the Ryan White parts. And there's so many, so much resources available. Mm -hmm. um, if that's something you, you need help with and they do food and they do transportation to medical visits and all sorts of things. So uh, if there oh, used yeah. to be like a cell phone program, if you were, you know, housing um, insecure and you didn't have access to a phone all the time or transportation, like they have things to get you to your appointments. Like Phoenix is really great. I mean, the continuum of care, we used to be one of the best in the country. And with COVID, I don't get to see those meetings anymore. So I don't really know numbers, yeah. but it's probably been a little wild, hard to track. But yeah, I look forward to yeah. um, being a little more in touch with that group. Well, we move the, back to normal -ish. I did see today that there, and I actually got an invitation in my email. There's the 2021 Arizona HIV Care and Services Survey. They just released today. It's the purpose of the survey is to gain an understanding of the current care and services for people that are living with HIV. So it's kind of cool that we're talking about this right now because they literally just released this today to have people that are living with HIV take this survey to see how we are doing as a state yeah. to have people access care. Yeah. And then also There's I would information imagine on the Ripple website. Okay, perfect. And then it's, uh, you know, I would imagine it's also that data is going to help us better understand where we need to do better or improve in some of the areas that, you know, we need to work on. So that's, that's yep. incredible. Um, as we, close out this interview and thank you so much for spending time with us elijah um i'm really curious about eddie broadway um can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> eddie broadway and uh and you know maybe where the name came from because We're i would assume yeah with name mm -hmm. we love hearing <laughs> about the origin of names uh and then obviously you know it'll probably uh segue into how our listeners can uh follow you and get more information and reach out mm -hmm. to you so um, I wish I had like a really, really cool story about how the name started, but, um, essentially when I was auditioning for that troupe, I was trying to come up with a name and just out of nowhere, my wife at the time came home. She was a massage therapist and she's like, you'll never guess who I massaged today. And she's like, I, his name was Eddie Broadway. I was like, that sounds like a fake name that it's not even like a thing. <laughs> And then like a day later, we were talking about it and I was like, oh my God, I should be Eddie Broadway. And we talked about like the fact that I do have like, quote unquote, a theater background. My family was very much in the theater. All of us did that. So I was like, oh, it's kind of perfect. And like my middle name has an E and I was just like, oh, it's just, it's perfect, whatever. Um, so that's kind of where that name started. But I've been performing for 10 years. Um, I can't believe it's been 10 years, but um i've been performing pretty actively for that entire extended period of time um i quickly got into pageantry as like my footing in the community and like how to make my name and really kind of like just push myself as an entertainer so um it took me like i don't know it was like two times uh well no i mean i I competed in two bar titles, won those, and then I went on to win Mr. Phoenix Pride. So that was my first really big title. 
And that was like the title that started like my activism and really giving back to the community because the sole purpose really of that title is to be the face of Phoenix Pride, but also raise money for the Phoenix Pride Scholarship Program. So did that and it was an amazing, amazing reign. I reigned with Barbara Seville, who's a local legend here, um, honestly a national legend, but um, so reigned with her. And then after that, I went on to follow kind of my passion of competing and winning uh, my first national title, uh, which is um, I won Mr. US of AMI. MI stands for male impersonator. Um, 2017. So that was a national title um, that is part of a national pageantry, pageantry system. So I kind of was able to take Eddie onto the national scale at that point. And that's really where I started building connections across the entire United States. Um, and then after that, I came back and I competed for Emperor of the the Imperial Court of Arizona. And so I won that and I was, I, I am Emperor 13 of the Imperial Courts. Um, that's an, that's a forever title. Um, and what the Imperial Court is, it's a nonprofit organization that our purpose is to raise money and awareness for other nonprofits. That's our job. So as Emperor, you lead the efforts with your other person your empress or whoever else to kind of lead the fundraising efforts with a group of people that's, you know, are assisting you for the year. You choose the people that are going to help you through the year. They're called your line. So our lines helped us raise money. So we raised, gosh, like close to 62,000 our year um, for different organizations, any organization that we wanted to, like, it didn't have to be LGBTQ. It could have been like, domestic violence shelters or uh, pet rescue or something like that. So um, been involved with that through my entire time performing and still involved with that. Um, and then I went on and competed for Mr. Trans USA and that's where I am today. <laughs> You're royalty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> um, <laughs> so are you, is that title that it's 2020 title, but do you pass it on or have you already passed it on to 2021? So with COVID, so we, me and my miss, we, we won our titles the end of 2019. So we won it with the anticipation of reigning through 2020. Obviously the pandemic hit and everything shut down. So no, we have not been able to give it up yet. Um, with like the uncertainty, yeah. technically two years because, um, we're actually not stepping down until next year. Yeah, oh, that's um, awesome. We, we were, we were going to have our patch at the end of this year, but uh, we decided as a board, as a group, to postpone it until the beginning of next year. So that will be announced soon oh, on our page. Cool. So, um, so um, my question was, uh, do you or are you allowed to compete in other, like, in, in, in some pageants, if you hold a title, you can't compete in another pageant system. So, like, can you or do you plan on oh, yeah. participating in any other pageants? Are there any other pageants happening in 2021 that you could participate in? I don't know, because uh, the world is opening up and lots of events are true. 
So I wasn't sure. Um, I'm I'm probably going to wait till next year, anyways. Yeah. Um, but the there's a couple patent systems that are have historically been open to only cisgender men, and oh. they are now opening it to transgender men. So I am looking into competing for those Ooh. pageants. You will have to tell us. Please tell us so that we can come support you. I will. I will definitely want to know about that. Can we? Wear, I, I thought um, I was going like, to be done. But. <laughs> I want to wear like little emperor crowns and support <laughs> some sort of little badge or something, yeah. so that they know that we're here for you. Yeah, Eddie. Mm -hmm. I'm, my the last thing I'm curious about is: is there anything you would tell younger Eddie yeah. or anybody out there who ha who is where you have been? Mm -hmm. uh, is there like a a little nugget that you'd give them that's like helpful or just encouraging i don't know i i don't i know that the it gets better thing is cliche so i'm not even going to say that but i think the biggest thing is for me personally um it's to things in life are either going to make you or break you and that's kind of been a big thing that i've been thinking about a lot lately is instead of letting these setbacks and these things in your life kind of break you apart, essentially, it can really make you into the, the person you are today. It's, it's about resiliency, it's about bouncing back and it, setbacks are just a moment to kind of learn about yourself and grow and be a more authentic person. So make your break. Is my Resilient is my favorite word, so that's why it's my I favorite word. The camera, I was like, because <laughs> I hate when people are like, "You're word. so strong." I'm like, "Fuck strong! Anybody can be strong." Like, resilient. strong is like a word you can hide behind. I was like, "Resilient's better." Like, it's like I fall down, you bounce back. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for that. Awesome. Yep. Of course. Um, to follow up that, um, is there a place that you would recommend um, any uh, you know anyone who is currently in a situation like younger Eddie, I guess, but they, um, could they start? Because you know how we had talked about in high school, you didn't know where to go. You didn't know who to ask. Um, you didn't even know how One to in ask. ten. One in oh, ten. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for that beautiful segue because we're interviewing them soon. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Okay. One in ten it is. Um, so then, yeah, perfect. Uh, we will be sure to, uh, I'm glad that we have them on, but I am just super, super um, grateful that you joined us today. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, and thank you so much for being vulnerable and, uh, and, and open to, to this. Um, it really means a lot. Where is the best place for our listeners to get a hold of you? Or all of the Probably places. Probably Instagram. But, yeah. Probably Instagram, and, Facebook. I mean, both, both my Instagram and Facebook are open. It's just eddie.broadway. Spelled awesome. We will be eddie. sure to link that. <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> perfect yeah awesome thank you for joining us we really Thanks appreciate it like Miley said like I really enjoyed hearing your story and it's fun getting to meet someone she knew in high school um when she was <laughs> lying and calling herself a totally different name so uh yeah anyways <laughs> so was I so was I <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all that's okay <laughs> oh that was great that was perfect oh, okay well we 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 just um well I was gonna say like I love you, and I, I truly appreciate it. I'm just sending too. you all of my love. So I was thinking I love you, even though I don't know you. I was thinking it. I always human do, to human. So. Well, human I love to human, you too. Love. Human yeah. to human love. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sweet beans. Have a wonderful night. That was good. I enjoyed chatting with him, and I think he shared a lot of really 
all like really personal and sensitive, like what could be really sensitive information. It's really, um, I don't want to say brave or courageous. Sometimes I, I think that you, word is used in the wrong context. Like sometimes the, it's not always the brave thing to come out. Like sometimes it's the brave yeah. thing to stay hidden. Um, but I, I just really applaud how he's gone about his life and uh, what a career. Mm-hmm. But it was an awesome episode and it was really cool to just touch base with him again. I mean, it has really been 15 years or more. So <laughs> that was pretty cool to reconnect. Thank you for having him on. Yeah, no, thank you. And if you, again, would like more information or reach out to Eddie or Elijah, um, he's at uh, in, on Instagram at eddie.broadway. And if you have not uh, followed us, which we hope you are following us, our favorite, our favorite and only place that we prefer stalking <laughs> is on Instagram. Yes. At the main dish podcast. But if you don't have Instagram and you're on the Facebook, mm-hmm. you can find us at the main dish pod. And if you're not on Facebook, uh, you can jump on Twitter. I know oh, you don't I, like Twitter, but I was please. Like, what are you doing? Opening yeah, your flip phone? No, you're not going to yeah. reach us on No, I'm going to say Twitter. Twitter, just because, you know, please interact with us there. Twitter. Twitter's a place for people to have conversations. And apparently I'm not having the conversations <laughs> that people want to have. It's just me talking but, to myself. You know, we the thing is, if you're having conversations out there, no one's talking back. We got to keep directing them towards the Twitter because maybe someone <laughs> will one day Miley's join like, you in your Miley's Twitter conversation. Like, Miley's like, go follow our Twitter because she's like, she doesn't even know the login. I don't, <laughs> but I will still promote it. And if you don't have Twitter, please join us on our website, thebangdishpodcast.com. Miley puts in some kick-ass work on that website and y'all need to see it. Yes. And if you don't check out our website, then at least like us on Spotify, yeah, follow or, us on Spotify, Apple, yeah, anything. And we would love, love, love a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews yes, are like gold. Um, I, you know, if you leave a review and screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram and you're following me on Instagram, like I might be persuaded to like, I don't know, send you cookies or something. Ooh, I was just going to say, we, we should like have a gift for all of our listeners who, well, no, because I think that might be, is cookies. that bribing? Is that bribery? I'll if send we... cookies and my little short boobs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that all I have to give? Like, that's all, that, that is all I have that, is, that I'm hoping is valuable, apparently. Like, what if people don't want to see my boobs? Okay, if you don't want to see Miley's boobs, she'll sing your kid a Disney song. <laughs> I'll sing a Disney song while I show my boobs. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> Wow. Oh. oh, and how the conversation turned so quickly. <laughs> Why am I always trying to get you away from linking kids to something dirty in this show? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, but I love my time with you. So, and I love my time with all of our listeners too. So thank you so much for coming back every week and uh, lis- listening to us. Yeah. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we hope to chat with you next week. Love you. Love you too.